You're listening to the Crochet Conversations podcast with Ness and Mel, and this is episode 41, How to Fully Utilize Stitch Markers. Hello and good morning or afternoon, wherever you are. Welcome back to another episode. Hi guys, happy Sunday. Some of you send in lots of really lovely messages wishing Mel happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you so much for all the birthday wishes. I hope you've learned something more about her. And if you're wondering how her birthday weekend went, don't because her celebrations are not done yet. It's a month long. Yes, of course. It's the whole of March. I guess if I get to have a month-long November episode, oh no, like a month-long <laughs> celebration, celebration right? yeah. like I guess you get to have it too. <laughs> of course. And also I guess people like to know about the people behind like a, a podcast because I, I know for me, my favourite kinds of podcasts to listen to are the ones where they're really, it's really raw, it's just you listening to them talk and you know, you get to find out a little bit more about them. Yeah. And so I guess, I guess it's why people like to listen to our personal episodes. So I always find it very funny when people say, I want to know about your own projects and your own whips, you know, so... If you didn't, if you don't know what we're talking about, in the previous episode, because it was Mel's birthday week, we did an episode all about different facts about her. Yeah, things I like, things you probably wouldn't know uh, about me, and uh, I'm glad that I got to share that with everybody. Yeah, and in November, which was my birthday month, I did an episode about facts about me. So, you know, you can just scroll back and listen. Unfortunately podcasts don't have uh, like different sub playlists you know how when you watch youtube you can add them to different playlists yeah yeah you know you can categorize it that way right yeah it's unfortunate that but like podcast uh, formats don't have that yeah maybe in the future they will have something like that because it would be lovely if i can categorize this you know all we have like 40 this our 41st episode categorize them into like personal and then uh, quick questions is in one list yeah, and or in like, the main um, episodes cr- crochet projects yeah like, like projects or like hashtag granny squares yeah. or whatever and I think it would just be easier if people are able to uh, find things easily that way because we have so many episodes and we intend to continue making this podcast yeah right? exactly so there's going to be more and more episodes so maybe we should petition like who who would do it like Apple Podcasts? Yeah, maybe. Spotify. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it starts making a difference because we are we are getting more and more episodes now, right? Yeah, and now if I have to sort through all of them, it's that's gonna be a nightmare. Oh, I do want to share some exciting news we have this week. It's not just about Mel's birthday, but we just recently did an interview with one of our local newspapers. Yeah, I mean we say local, but it's really the national one of the national newspapers, and they found us through this podcast. So it's really thanks to you guys for listening. And you know, if y'all weren't listening, it wouldn't really show up in like the recommended feed or whatever. And so they were trying to do an interview about how crochet is up and coming, and because of the podcast, it was really what peaked their interest so they contacted us and it's just exciting because they wanted to talk about why we would choose podcast format as a medium right to share something that's like crochet so she thought that we are are talking into the podcast and giving you guys instructions for patterns like tutorials (laughs) right like tutorials but spoken tutorials which is funny because if you listen to one of our previous episodes like I think it was ideas or like crochet inventions that don't exist yeah we did talk about you know having a podcast just dedicated to 
reading out the instructions oh, yes, to you. Oh, yes, 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 right. So when she found out that it, that wasn't really the case, I think she too was a little bit surprised and she said to me, I didn't realize that there's so many things you could talk about with crochet. It's just, I, I guess people don't see crochet as something that there's anything really deeper to discuss. So I think that there that was what really piqued the interest and so we had an interview and the article will come out next Friday so I think by the time we we release our next episode it would be just nice just in time to discuss what the article was about and all that and it was pretty cool because they sent like a photographer over to the studio yeah to take a photo of us yeah yeah so then they took out some of our products out they took out some of our you know some of the crochet, crochet tops of clothes that we made and like we had like a little photo shoot it was it was actually pretty fast it was open like what 20 minutes <laughs> yeah I think um, they were pretty uh, specific like about, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. about what they wanted to take as well yeah and the, the photographer had really good instructions yeah. from the interview about exactly what she wanted so that's that was something that yeah. was exciting that really to us. Yeah. excited about that I mean I hope that uh, having this uh, exposure on, on like another medium would help us to reach out to more people, you know? Yeah, and it's a different audience than what we are used to exactly. because this newspaper is um, one of the sub subcategory of newspapers that it's not in English, it's like in a different language. Yeah. So I think it would help reach out to other people like th- I that I would never naturally reach out to. Like the I think this this is like a Mandarin language yeah, newspaper. Correct. The interview was in English, thank God, because I don't think I can speak in Mandarin. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully she'll be able to translate. Yeah, that. I yeah. hope I hope she'll be able to translate it properly. But I'm extremely looking forward to reading the article when it comes out. So that's our exciting news that we wanted to share with you guys. So I think we have rambled on <laughs> enough. Uh, let's jump into the episode today. Initially, I was intending to leave this as a quick question. But then I realized that I've gotten this question many, many times throughout my career, right? And it's how do I use stitch markers? So the main question was, what do I do with my stitch markers other than just preventing my stitches from unraveling when I keep them away? So that was the question. But this was not the only question that was submitted. Basically, we had, or, or, or I have collected a bunch of questions from people, all regarding stitch markers somehow. Yeah. So I thought that I should just talk about one full episode about stitch markers. And in fact, I think I've talked about another stitch marker episode before. One of our really, really, really early ones where it's a stitch marker substitute. Right, yes, I remember that. Yeah, so that was kind of really, really early on, like like within the first 10 episodes or so. Yeah, I think it was about crochet tools. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's one of them. Or like, it was a quick question, like what else I could use. Yeah. This will not be a replica of that episode, but really to talk about the function of stitch markers and just give you a little bit more of an insight. It's not too deep. I don't think this episode is going to be too long, but just to give you a little bit more of what you could really do or how you can fully, fully, fully make your stitch markers useful for yourself and for your crochet work. I think it's important to sort of break down the types of stitch markers there are because to me they serve different functions right so let's break down the types of stitch markers in my opinion you have the ones that look like uh, a pac-man a <laughs> it's pac-man like the, the, the circled ones oh okay and there's the others that look like a safety pin right so i think 
there really only is two of these. Uh, it's just in various forms, okay? Each of them I use for something different. And the terms I'm going to use in this episode are really my own terms, but I'm going to try to define them as best I, as best I can. And feel free to use these terms in your own, okay? So to me, the safety pin ones, because they secure and they lock in place a lot better, they serve something that I call non-moving markers. Okay. Versus moving markers, which I will use the other, the one that looks like a circle. The one that's kind of open, right? Yeah. Then you just push it in and it just sort of lets the yarn slide right through. Right. Okay, so I'm going to call it the safety pin ones and the circle ones, okay? Just, just for ease of description. So the safety pin ones, again, like I said, I use them for something that I call non-moving markers. And non-moving markers are stitches that I need to indicate to myself but on a long-term basis. So things that I don't move very often. It's not like I'm shifting them from one stitch to another in that same row. For example, I will use non-moving markers if I need to indicate, say, maybe the start and end of each row, or if I need to mark uh, the center point of a project or if I need to mark you know between two points where I need there to be a space or things that I need visual references for to give me like a better understanding so for example if I'm making say a sleeve and I'm making one big rectangle piece I'm going to indicate the center of where that sleeve is and it's just going to be there hanging out chilling until I'm ready to assemble my sleeve to my sweater top so then I know exactly how to line up the center section. So it's nothing to do with the actual stitch counting itself, but more like a visual indicator. So this is what I call non-moving markers. Now the next kind of stitch markers we use are the circle ones. Right. Right. So these are what I use for what I deem to be called moving markers. And these are things that I need to count every so often and I'm touching them all the time. So quick counts, things that need to be removed every so often. Um, for example, if I need to make an increase or a decrease or certain section or if I'm putting in, you know, something. If I'm trying to find the middle point of a big piece of fabric and I'm moving from row to row and then I just indicate every row I just move one, one stitch up, one stitch up and I know I need to be taking it in and out often. Then I'll use the circle ones because it's too much hassle to be using the... Safety the, pin pin ones, yeah. Yeah, that's right. The safety pin ones to be taking it in and out. And I find that if I constantly use the safety pin ones all the time, it actually loosens my fabric a little bit. Right. And I just find that I have to pull a little bit too much on my work and I don't like it. I want to be able to not even remove the hook from my hand and just use my you know finger and yeah. like just flick off. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever is the most efficient, right? Yeah, that's right. And so I just want to give an, another example. You know, earlier I mentioned the start and end of each row and I call that non-moving markers. By my own theory, they should be called moving markers because you shift them at the start and end of every row. This is the only exception where you could use either one depending on how big your piece is. Now, let me explain. If you are working on a very small piece of work, say maybe that's barely 20 or 30 stitches wide, then you can use the circle stitch markers where you can just easily push in and take out. Because from the time you start the row to the time you end the row, it's going to be barely, you know, how long in between. 
But if I'm working on, say, like a blanket and the start of my row to the end of my row could take me an hour, no way in hell I'm using a circle stitch marker. I'm going to use my closed safety pin markers so that I can secure it to my work and not have it fall out. Yeah, I think that is the main issue because I've used the open ones before Mm -hmm. and they have the tendency to drop out easily. Yeah, because, you know, it's not always so secure. If you don't try to match the circle ones to your yarn type, say if you're using like a chunky yarn weight, no, actually no. If you're using like a fine yarn weight and you use a much bigger circle stitch marker, it's gonna come out. Yeah. And it's happened to me many times and it's really frustrating to need to be counting your work in the middle of everything when all you want to do is just put in the work and put in the stitch after stitch. Yeah. And you've done your counting from the start and you want to just keep that up. It's a pain when stitch markers fall out. Yeah, exactly. Especially for bigger projects, I think. And if you're making like clothes, for example, like Mel, you are making clothes, right? Yeah. Now your cardigan. Can you imagine not being a, not working with stitch markers? I think no, that would be I insane. I think because it takes, uh, especially for projects, it takes a while, right? You're not mm-hmm. obviously, yeah. you're not going to complete it in a day. The yeah. stitch markers are there to indicate all the important points that I need to be aware the next time I pick up my project again. You see? Yeah, because you're not going to, you know, be counting every time you right. pick up your work. So I think, you know, it, using the type of stitch marker matters too. So I always tell new students who learn, who are learning crochet with me, if you are not sure, it's better to get the safety pin ones where you know once you close it, nothing can take it out again. You know, you're not going to move it along, you know, your lap as you're crocheting and accidentally remove one of the stitch markers because you're using the wrong size of the circle stitch markers. So... I hope that was clear enough. I hope that I wasn't too confusing with my explanation. So to summarize this small little section regarding the first and last or first and final stitch of each row, you can use either one. They can be counted as either moving markers or non-moving markers. That really depends on your project itself. And really that's the whole of crochet, right? You need to decide for yourself what what you want it to be and how you want it to to look and so if you decide despite hearing what i'm saying if you decide that something else is better for you you should go ahead and do that because only you know what works best for you yeah exactly it's at the end of the day is what works for you right yeah that's right so just take what i say with a pinch of salt and see if it applies to you and if it doesn't apply to you then you know that's fine also so now i want to talk about what other ways we can use stitch markers like what are the common ways that we use stitch markers but we don't even though we should you know because I think one of the common questions I get from a lot of like my personal students is they actually come to me and give me their stitch markers and say that I don't ever use it so yeah you can take it feel free it's yours you know you you crochet you probably need it take it and so my response is wait you crochet too why aren't you using it you know. Right. I think that as a beginner, I understand where they are coming from. Initially, I had my stitch markers. I used it only to secure my ends. The, right? So that it doesn't unravel, yeah, right? Exactly. And I was thinking to myself, why do I need so many <laughs> stitch markers? <laughs> yeah. I, I Actually, I only need one. But then as I start to move, move on to bigger projects and or, or more complicated ones, uh, I start using so many stitch markers so I can see why it's a necessary tool. Yeah, and it really is a necessary tool. I mean, if it's, if it wasn't, it wouldn't be something that would be part of a kit. You know, if you were to buy a kit 
on online, they always, always come as stitch markers because it's so it's such an important part of your crochet work, more so than you think. And it's beyond just securing your ends when you store them away. It's like so much more dynamic and functional and people just don't realize that they need it. So, okay, let's move on to this next section where we maybe discuss some of the ways that you could potentially use your stitch markers. And I'm not saying that every project needs it, if you're working on a really small like mini mini project you usually don't need it oh and i have to say that i'm not talking um i'm not using any amigurumi in my examples because i personally don't do amigurumi so i would never use stitch markers for that just because i don't do that but if you do if you use stitch markers with your amigurumi work which i know it's uh you do it's quite common feel free to write into us and tell us and i would love to come back and do a part two about specifically that but i will just i will leave it out of this episode because i don't use and i don't do amigurumi in general Okay, so now that that disclaimer is out of the way, let's talk about the different ways that we can utilize our stitch markers that's not just, you know, making sure your ends don't unravel when you store them. Oh, obviously, that's the number one way that we can use it, but that's clearly not the only way. I, you know, actually, I don't use stitch markers to secure my ends. It's something that I just never had the habit of doing. I because you know how I have like a, a Ziploc baggie with yeah. the with the crochet the work itself and in that same clear Ziploc bag I usually have my notes or my written instructions or my pattern in it mm-hmm. and the hook that I need to use for right, that project. Right, so you put the hook together with with that. Yeah. So yeah. all I do is I just tighten the stitch around the crochet hook and then put it all in the bag. So, okay. So, if you guys have like a hundred hooks to spare, one hook for each project, Yeah, but in my defense, I do have a lot of hooks because I do like to, you know, I like to have multiple of that same one hook in case I work on different projects and I know I'm going to lose them. You know, you could go to any section in our house and probably you know, lift up a pillow and find a crochet hook there. So, okay. So, that's me. But the only reason I do that is because I am not afraid of the yarn unraveling. I think initially I was I would feel a little bit like upset if my work would unravel a little bit. But now that I have a proper way of storing it safely and I put it, you know, in the Ziploc baggie where nothing can really get into it, not my cat, not my dog, not my niece, not my nephew, nobody, right? If and say if and when a stitch would unravel or maybe like half a row would come and come come I'm done, I am not concerned with it. I'm just I'm just gonna redo in a in this grand scheme of a million stitches in one project, having ten or a hundred stitches come out doesn't feel too much of a difference right. for me. Okay. So if it does come out, you know I'm I'm pretty confident enough that I won't forget what I'm doing and I'll just keep on building. Right. But I know of some people who take classes from me that they will not even let one or half a stitch unravel if it's something they're working on. Yeah. I had someone who was doing like a, a shawl, a big, really, really huge shawl, and she was like, I'm not letting any one <laughs> stitch escape my hook, you know? So the moment she's done, even if it's just to pull out her notes, she would put her hook down, put a stitch marker, you know, reach into her bag, and two seconds later, she would undo the... Oh my, I, I actually can attest to that. I feel like I do like that. that. Yeah, I do that, yeah. 
But I, I mean, aren't you? You know how to do the stitch, right? You're not worried that you forget how to do the stitch. I don't think it's really about that. It's more that I have worked so hard to build up right, right. The, the the stitches that mm-hmm. um, I just want to make sure that I keep it that way. And I have a way of you know building up my stitches anyway. So yeah, I guess it it makes sense for me to if I stop at a certain stage, I'm gonna you know specifically stop there and and stitch marker that point. I think for me, it's just that I don't feel the pain of losing a couple stitches anymore. Right, right. It's like I'm numb to the pain of it. <laughs> so if it were to come, if it were to come undone, yeah. it's like I'm not gonna sweat the small stuff. Right. Just let it come undone. You know, maybe you'd redo this section even better. You yeah. Know? Okay. And but and you do build up the stitches quite quite quickly. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's how much is really going to come undone. Really. That's true. You yeah. think about it, honestly, an inch, two inches, but the max maximum would be like four or five inches. But four or five inches in crochet work is not a lot. You yeah, know? correct. It's the size of one row of a swatch sample. <laughs> so yeah, That's true, that's so true. So there's no no crying, no, no tears here if my stitches were to come undone. So for that reason... I don't use stitch markers to secure my ends but you could totally do that if you feel that that works for you or if you don't have a space to keep them that's the number one way people use it and that's the most common way people think that that's all you know you use the stitch markers for yeah so let's move on to other ways we can use our stitch marker Uh, I did mention the first and last stitch and I want to talk about that again because there are a few reasons why you you would want to do that Obviously, firstly, is to not lose that first and last stitch so that when you come around on the next row, you know exactly where you're putting your crochet hook in, Yeah. right? The stitch marker really indicates to you where the final stitch is and on top of that, where to insert your hook to make that final stitch so that you're not confusing uh, the third loop and the back loop as both the loops to yeah. go under. Yeah, I think that's important, yes. Because you know how when you chain up two and you start that row and say you're doing a row of double crochets, when you come back around, you don't... You, the work sort of twists a little bit. It faces away from you. And you it's always on an angle, a slant away from you. So it gets it's very easy to miss the front and back loops that you're supposed to go under and work into the third loop instead, thinking that the third loop and the back loop is the front and back loop. Yeah, so what happens in, in this case, it means that you would miss a stitch. Is that right? You could either miss a stitch or work your stitch into the wrong place. Okay, I see. Having a stitch marker there makes sure that you don't do that. You okay. work not only in the right place, but with you actually work that stitch in. Right. Because oftentimes, with especially with the first and last stitch, and this is also if you're not just working on a regular like double crochet if you're doing a more complex stitch pattern it's very common that your first and last stitch over tightens as you work along the row right and so by the time you get to the last stitch if you are not familiar with the stitch pattern if you are pulling uh, pulling a lot and if your tension is not even and if you're you know if you're not familiar with it there is a very huge chance that your work could over tighten to a point that you can't find that last stitch. Yeah. And so it having a stitch marker there also helps you helps the yarn from really tightening to a point that 
nothing you can't even squeeze your crochet hook in right right it's kind of like a placeholder almost to like to ensure that there will always be a gap that once you take it out yeah. your crochet hook has space to go into the stitch and yarn of a pull out with yeah yeah i can understand that i've experienced that before yeah and this is not just the first and last stitch this could be anywhere if you need to work into a chain of the previous row and you are afraid that the chain will over tighten you can easily put a stitch marker into the stitch you know while you're on it while you remember what you're doing put that stitch marker in this row so that when you come back around to this to this point in the next row and that could be in one hour or that could be in a week's time or yeah. a year's time <laughs> you know how whips are it will still be there it will still be there and you're gonna remember that you know i have to do something here. even if you forget what you're supposed to do you know you can't look at a piece of work of half finished whip and see a stitch marker and go oh it's there for decoration <laughs> no you know it's an indication to you like hello you've forgotten something yeah you know, in our previous episode for Mel's birthday, we talked about being Harry Potter fans. Yeah. And I don't know how many of you guys are Harry Potter fans, but to me, a stitch marker, especially a red coloured stitch marker, is like a tiny remembral uh-huh. stuck to your work where it's kind of like an indicator. Hello, I'm, there's something that's there's supposed... There's a reason why I'm here, right? Yeah, there's something that's supposed to be done here. Have you forgotten? You know, and then you can go in and check in your with your notes or anything. But it's just a good visual marker for you as well. And speaking of visual markers, I like to use stitch markers to mark certain sections of my work. So let me give you a few examples, okay? If I'm making a holder of sorts that has a handle, I like to use stitch markers to indicate the start of my handle to the end of my handle widthwise. So I would put, you know, two stitch markers and I know that the space between these two stitch markers is where my handle needs to go right, okay. for when I sew it in at a later date. Hmm. Let's say I'm making the body of the handle or the body of a, a holder, let's say it's a bottle holder, right? If I'm making the body of the bottle holder, I don't quite yet have an idea of how thick I want the strap to be. So putting two stitch markers there allows me to adjust the width of how I think I want the strap, how thick I want it to be. And then once I'm happy with it, then I can go in and, you know, choose how big or how wide or how thin I want based on my swatch and the number of stitches that I need to do together. Yeah, yeah, right. So that's one way you can use to mark certain things to visually point it out for you in a way that you can actually see rather than just imagining it in your (laughs) head. Right, yeah. Earlier, I mentioned... Uh, the example with the sleeve and the sweater. Uh-huh. So f- if you're making like top, a crochet top, and you want to add maybe a collar or maybe you want to add like a border or a trim or just adding sleeves or side panel or a pocket, you know, whatever it is, you can always use stitch markers to line up your work. So you know if I indicate a stitch mark on this piece and one on the other piece, all I have to do is to make sure the stitch markers line up and I know exactly where the placement of things are going to be. I don't have to actually count every single every single stitch all over again. And speaking of crochet clothing, especially if you're making tops or items that has multiple pieces that need to be put together and you don't know if it's gonna fit you or you don't know if something, a section is big enough or it's wide enough or whether it fits nicely, what I like to do is to use stitch marker exactly like how you would a safety pin and literally pin the two pieces of fabric 
on the two crochet stitches together to temporarily attach the sleeve, for example, to like the top or the bodice. Yeah. Or temporarily attach the pocket, like I was mentioning, you know, to the actual thing itself so that I can see. And if I don't like it, I can always move it and readjust it until I'm happy with it. Then I start securing them together. Right. That makes sense because you have to visualize it to to actually see how you yeah, know, the and end you have to sort of like, yeah. you kind of have to sort of put them together and decide okay, this is the placement it's gonna be right. But in the if it's like a top where you need the sleeves, for example, or the front panels of something, yeah, you can't just smack them on your body <laughs> yeah. and try to hold it up. It's not gonna work. Yeah. You need some way to hold it together. And before I really used stitch markers to its full capacity, what I would do is I would take a long strand of yarn and just weave it in very very loosely right so that it stays in place and then once i've decided on it i pull that that remove the yarn yeah and usually i use a contrasting color so that i can easily see it but the problem with that is that if i decide to shift it i can't i have to take it it off and shift it it, and then restring that yarn through to hold it in place and that is so tiresome especially if you're doing it solo you know, I yeah. have you, you know, yeah. I can tell you, can you move it, you know, can you move that back panel to the left or to the right, especially if I'm trying to hold it up on me. Yeah. But it's very possible that you're going to do this crochet project by yourself. And in that event, you're not going to have somebody else to help you and making all those minute adjustments to your clothes or your crochet clothing is going to be so difficult if you have to string and unstring yeah. them together every single time. So... A stitch marker is just the wonderful way of adjusting it bit by bit without needing to entirely pick apart, you know, the different components of your work. And so that's another and one of my favorite ways of using stitch markers. Now, the final way you can use stitch markers is to utilize the color of the stitch marker itself. And I think that the poor color of stitch markers have been so overlooked. So people always think about the physical thing itself and just they think the color is a decoration and don't think too much about it. But I like to indicate to myself what I'm supposed to do based on the color and what stitch marker I use. So I deliberately pick out colors that mean something to me. Wow, that's actually pretty smart. Okay, so let me give you an example because I think that this could be confusing to some people. So you know the concept of green, uh, amber, and red, right? So green light means go, red light means stop, and amber means, you know, to slow down or to take caution, right? Yes. So I like to utilize these color codes in my project. So for me, a green, if I'm going to put a green stitch marker somewhere, it's going to indicate to me that something has to be done here. So it's kind of like a vague description of what I'm supposed to do, but it's like a visual marker of, okay, in here, if it's a green marker, it means I'm supposed to go ahead and do something. Okay, yeah. And if I do a red marker, it means I have to stop doing something here. So um, <laughs> let's give some real, real, realistic okay, yeah, explanations, yeah. okay? If I'm making, say, a scarf, okay? If I put a green stitch marker in a certain section, it means I know I need to maybe put an increase. If I put a red stitch marker, I know I either need to stop that row there, maybe I need to skip a stitch, maybe I need to 
uh, decrease a stitch or something that takes away from it because right. you're kind of like stopping it, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. And if I'm doing like, if I put like an amber or some other color, then I know that, uh, you know, it's indication of something else. So I like to have a legend with me when I work on my project. Along with my notes, I have a little section where it's personal notes that's specific for this project right now. Not something that I can recreate. It's kind of like a post-it that I'll throw away. So I will tell myself, from now on in this project, you know, green signifies an increase. Red signifies a decrease or a skip stitch. And if it's amber, maybe I need to work nine stitches in a row, right, for right. example. Yeah, because it's always different for, for each work that you're doing. Yeah, Yeah, and if you don't like this concept, you can use your own concept. You know, blue stitches for yeah. the blue section of the scarf. And, you know, if you know you want to add red yarn to this section to do something else, then I'm going to add a red stitch marker. Yeah, this is, this is really smart. This is where you can get really creative. Yeah, and this is like really thinking about stitch markers and how you work and you need to get very familiar comfortable with understanding how you function when you crochet you know how do you think how does your brain sort of section things out and stitch markers are tools to help you section things out so for me i know that i don't like reading instructions i don't like following a pattern so i would read it i would understand it i would make notes of it and then when i pick up my yarn and hook i'm not referring to a book you know i really i really try to consume as much knowledge pre-project before i before if i can so by the time it comes to actually doing the work itself i know that say in uh, i mean the example i gave you guys of an increase and decrease is actually the the stitch pattern for a chevron stitch so for example if i'm working on a chevron stitch scarf i know that increases are here decreases are here but I don't want to have to be counting and referring to the book every, you know, every 10 yeah. steps or yeah. so. So then I would just put stitch markers and that indicates to me what I'm supposed to do. And that's how I work and that's how I crochet. And you need to go ahead and figure out what works for you and see if stitch markers can help facilitate that process for you. I will say that not everybody would this this wouldn't work for everybody because if you don't crochet this way maybe the stitch markers would just be a hassle for you but I think for me it works and I found a way it works and I'm sure if I do it I'm sure there are others out there who work the same way so I really wanted to put this concept out of using stitch markers not for the actual stitch marker itself but for the color that it can bring to you and what you can use as as in terms of visual indication goes yeah and I think it's so amazing that we've come up or you have come up with so many ways that we can use a stitch marker I do want to say that the last one you mentioned the color the one with the colors Uh uh-huh yeah I think that's my favorite method of using the stitch marker so far um, I think I think it's just because it's so creative and I'll probably find a way to use that in my next project, you know. And I think it's um it's it's there's so much more to stitch markers than just the physical stitch right, marker yeah. object itself. You know, because I was looking at you know how this idea really came about was because I was looking at all the stitch markers I've collected, or rather that has been donated to me over the years, and I'm thinking 
there's such a variety of colors like I wonder what I could do with it and then I started noticing that some of the stitch marker matched the color of say my hook for example and yeah. I'm like wow that's so cute I should take a photo of it matching you know and then they got me thinking as per my personality how can I utilize this fully and make it as functional as possible yeah so that's where the idea really really you know right. came out and I think that's why I like about it that it's not just uh, simply an indication of uh, to pinpoint something. Yeah. But it's add-on and instructional like it value, value now. It value adds the project itself. Exactly, yeah. And you know, um, recently I've been thinking about making my own stitch markers. So I've mm -hmm. been adding charms to larger lobster claws yeah. and being able to have my own stitch marker with cute little charms here and there. And so stitch markers have been on my mind lately. So having a bunch of stitch marker questions come in, and it's not through the podcast, it's in my own teaching, right. uh, crochet teaching classes. So this question didn't come from the podcast, but it came from a physical person in real life, like many people. And so to have someone ask me about stitch markers and then have another person ask about stitch markers and then one more, <laughs> yeah, while right. I'm figuring out a charm for my stitch marker felt too much of a coincidence right, right, yeah. so I thought man is this an indication that I should have this episode talk about stitch markers yeah you keep thinking about it right yeah and it's like the universe just brought it to me so now I'm bringing it to you guys so I hope you guys have found this episode really useful and helpful I really just want to help make the process a lot smoother for some people and if figuring out how to use the tools that you have to the best of its ability I think that would really help you know one step in the right direction so if you have any other questions you can find us on Instagram or Facebook we are at crooked crochet SG or, or you can whatsapp us at plus six five nine one two seven two seven four three if you have your own quick questions or you'd like to say something about stitch markers and you'd like to be part of this podcast, you can send your quick questions via voice notes or voice memo to either WhatsApp or iMessage at the same number. I think we would really love to include your voice notes at the start of each episode. Or you can also email us at crookedcrochetsg at gmail.com. Just send it in as an attachment. Check back every Sunday at 12 noon Greenwich Mean Time, Singapore time for our new crochet episodes. And next week, we're going to tell you guys about our interview and how it was when yes. the article came out. So we're very excited about really that. Really looking forward to that, yeah. And I think that about summarizes this episode. I hope it's been useful. I hope you guys have a good week and we'll see you next week. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.